1: Another day, another public official caught holidaying on the beach while telling the rest of us to stay home and sacrifice. As we have been reporting since yesterday, this time it's Dr. Thomas Stewart, the CEO of St. Joseph's Health System and Niagara Health. The province released a statement saying he's been relieved of his duties, but that is on several provincial health tables, you know, the ones that decide what the rest of us should and should not be doing. But make no mistake, he has not resigned from his half a million dollar plus job. He just has less work now. So he's the same guy who was involved in that Orange Air Ambulance scandal a few years back. Remember that? He had to resign from his job as Mount Sinai's top doctor after it was revealed that he and Orange CEO Chris Mazza paid each other tens of thousands of public money in consulting contracts. So, uh, let's go over all that and see what it means. I'm joined now by Kevin Donovan, chief investigative reporter of the Toronto Star, and he is the guy that broke the original Orange Air story. Hi, Kevin. Hi. How are you today, Libby? Fine. Thanks for joining us. Of course. So remind us, what, what happened with Tom Stewart? Yeah, it, this story came to
2: me uh quite a ways into my investigation of Orange Air Ambulance, which was a, a, a whole other a boondoggle, which has been improved considerably uh, since we shone a light on it. But but about a year into it, I learned that uh, Dr. Mazza, who was then the CEO of Orange, which was uh, he was given that job by the Liberal government, that Dr. Mazza was good friends with this Dr. Tom Stewart, who, as you mentioned, was at Mount Sinai. And they had this uh, deal between them, where where each organization paid the other individually uh, several hundred thousand dollars. I think uh, Dr. Stewart was paid over four hundred thousand by Orange, and Dr. Mazza was paid, I think, about two hundred fifty thousand dollars by Mount Sinai. And this is for consulting. and And neither I nor the government auditors were ever able to get to the bottom of exactly how much work was was done for this. It was a bit of a I would say, a, a quid pro quo between the two of them. And, uh, yeah, Dr. Stewart resigned. That's back in 2013, January, I believe.
1: Well, wait a minute. Even then, he resigned from his, I guess, administrative job as the chief medical officer there, but he continued as a clinician. And it didn't stop him from getting a huge leadership job. Do you do you find that odd?
2: Yeah, I, I, I do uh, question, uh, and I've got to be involved in this, this current Story over the last 24 hours, but the, the board governance of the uh, of the, the Niagara and the Saint Joseph Health uh, Center in uh, surely they they would have looked at his past record. It was very public uh, before they advised, uh, they hired him. I, and presumably he's a he's a very good clinician, but uh, in both these cases, there's been a, a you know a lapse of judgment uh, involving. Uh, uh, you know what is expected of of him as a as a, a top of, uh, official, and and then particularly in the more the more recent one, and uh, in, in all of these, I, I'm just shocked that people in these positions uh, are going away on these vacations.
1: Well, uh, you know, back to the original uh, problem with Orange. I mean, it's interesting. So when you have somebody that's in. Uh, pretty lofty position. They're talking about lapses in judgment. But uh, when this type of thing happens, uh, you know, at other levels, I'm I'm reminded of the TTC when people pay each other money for services that are not rendered or work that is not done. I mean, uh, the usual word for that is fraud.
2: Right. And and so that would be up to... uh you know, authorities to to uh, to conduct uh, an investigation. I mean, the, the the whole Orange debacle ended in in no charges uh, after a fairly lengthy OPP investigation. I'm not. Uh, I was never too uh, convinced that the OPP's heart was really in investigating wow. that. I mean, uh, Dr. Mazza was was uh, being investigated for millions of dollars of, of, of kickbacks from an Italian uh, helicopter yeah. company, and and I will say that in that case. Officials from in other uh, air ambulance companies around the world actually were uh, indicted uh, in sort of similar situations with, related to that company. So, so I, the provincial police in in Ontario do not have a good history, in my opinion, of, of getting to the bottom of this stuff. You know, what what's happening now with these these trips that the public officials are taking that's not criminal. That's just a lapse of judgment.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's not criminal. I, I was trying to get a handle on, on how much he is paid. I didn't get to the bottom of that. Do you have an exact number? It's better than half a million bucks.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's what I've seen recorded. When he was at Mount Sinai, his job was, I think I reported the time, $620,000 a year. Now, interestingly, the $75,000 a year he was getting over seven years, so 75000 times seven, that he was getting from Orange was actually not disclosed on the provincial salary disclosure list. It would be now because Mount Sinai realized that they had these contracts that were not being transparent. So, so I mean, people in these positions do have a lot of side gigs, and and uh, you know, it's all it's up to people like you and I in the media to try and get to the bottom of it all. Uh,
1: yeah. Now, b- back to uh, you know this, uh, you know, there's a lot of public outrage over this. And um, you're right that that uh, certainly there was nothing criminal about what he did. There is outrage. I mean, the guy was or is a leader. Uh, do you think that this impedes his ability to lead? Well,
2: anybody uh, who has had two situations like this um, is, I think would have to I think the best thing for him to be to give uh, an interview to somebody like me and try and explain uh, why he did what he did. Uh, it, it does call into question the ability to lead because, you know, you're on the one hand telling uh, all of us that we have to stay in our our houses and, and have a very small social circles. And then on the other hand, you're going off to the Dominican Republic. And uh, the thing that gets me about all of these and, and, you know, the Rod Phillip one was uh, the first one that in Ontario that really caught everybody's uh, attention was that they wouldn't realize that they were going to get caught. Yeah. That's, to me, that's almost the, the craziest part of this thing. And, and in these days of social media, it's only going to be a matter of time before, uh, well, you know, probably more are going to come out, I suspect.
1: Well, it's it's also interesting, He in the statement, uh, one of the statements, it said that his holiday was authorized. So the question is, was, was he just authorized to take some time off? He booked some time off? Or did his board of directors or whoever he reports to, did they know that he was jetting off to the Dominican?
2: My guess, and that's a really good point you mentioned, Libby, my guess is that they authorized his leave which would be a normal thing to do, to take a couple of weeks off, uh, the busy executive. But they did not authorize him going, uh, leaving the country and going to a, a beach resort. If they did, then, in my opinion, I don't mind saying this: that whole board of directors should resign.
1: Well, absolutely, and uh, you know we're we're counting on investigative reporters like you to find out about that one as well. But uh, I I, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about something else. And the new owners of your paper last week came out with a very very strong editorial on a subject that we are on here all the. Time time and that is the carnage in long-term care and uh, they called for new leadership and that is on the heels of a big carp campaign to uh, fire Marilee Fullerton who is the minister of long-term care that has more than 5,000 signatures and uh, you know even judging from what is in your paper I can see that there is a, a you know even more of a commitment to 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 deal with that very important subject
2: yeah and our our new owners are, are great and it it's, it's uh, fantastic for us as journalists that they've they've picked up on this uh, my colleague Moira Welsh, she's got a book coming out on this whole thing uh, in the next month has' been on this uh, for you know homes as long as i've uh, been at the star and so uh yeah it's it's an important issue having seen this issue play out over the last you know twenty twenty five years as we've been looking at nursing homes. It's going to take a lot, um, as great as an open letter is as great as an editorial is, it's going to take a lot from the government, uh, and, and actually a fair bit of, of resources, uh, to solve this, this problem. Uh, right now everybody's doing triage on the system. I and mean, there's more uh, deaths uh, each day. Uh, but there's this, you know, once the, the pandemic passes, there's this much larger issue about, um, should we as a society society, be treating our, uh, our our seniors, our elders better. And, and of course, we should be. It's going to cost a lot of money uh, and a lot of uh, smart thinking to make that change.
1: Well, you know, part of the criticism is they, they do seem to be starting to get a handle on the long term changes that are needed. But in terms of the immediate crisis, wow, uh, behind the eight ball, completely reactive and, and uh, didn't Take and do what had to be done in that beautiful summer we had.
2: Yeah, it, it for sure, and you know, in my, uh, I wrote about this. Uh, my mother, who was in her long-term care, she uh, got COVID and and eventually passed away oh, I'm uh, so quite sorry quite to hear early. That.
1: I did not and,
2: know that. Uh, and so I and, and I had a real bird's eye view of that situation in, in March, April, and May. And I, I will say that the, her her nursing home, which had a lot of troubles over the years. Uh, it was actually doing a very good job, like some, some really good people were put in place there, but that's, that's not always the, the case, uh, sadly.
1: Okay. Kevin Donovan, Chief Investigative Reporter at the Toronto Star, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me on, Libby. Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer